Hello guys, this is your host Upasana and welcome to a whole new episode of Travel Not East India with Unconventional Travels. Well, it's been a long time since I last uploaded a podcast. I was sort of busy with certain work and that pretty much kept me occupied. But nevertheless, here I am with a very interesting destination for this podcast. This year is almost nearing the end. However, even in the beginning of November, when actually the weather should be a little subtle and cool, it is still hot and humid in Guwahati. Now, most days the sun soaks in all the energy with excessive sweating. Do you remember that funny ad by any chance from Glucose where an animated son sucks the energy from his child using a straw? It exactly feels that way. But the only place I want to be right now is the highlands of Himalayas, where the air is cooler, the people are nicer, and everything sort of slows down. That's just what I need right now. I really want to sit and stare at the snow-capped mountains and take in the Himalayan sunshine, curled up in a cozy corner while reading a book, drinking coffee, or simply working on my laptop with that view. Well, I cannot move or travel to the mountains right now. But that doesn't mean I cannot take you on a virtual journey. On that note, let me take you through the high altitude town of Tawang through my words. Now this northeastern Himalayan town is located in Arunachal Pradesh at an altitude that is higher than 10,000 feet above the sea level. Which means it's pretty cold even during the summers. Now the journey has been really tough because it was a back-breaking 13 hours of journey from Tejpur to Tawang in a really packed sumo. However, the pristine landscapes and the mountains sort of made the tiresome journey a little beautiful. So, I was all set to start my 13 hours of really tiring journey from Tejpur to Tawang. And I knew that at that point, the only thing that could save me and, you know, make me survive that long journey was a window seat. So, I requested for a window seat and the only available window seat in that sumo was in the third row. So when I say the third row, it was the last row where you barely have space to move. So I was okay because at least I was getting a window seat. So I rested one of my legs on the high-rise narrow platform which holds the wheels underneath and I pressed my face against the window. I opened the window and I let the wind come in. So as we crossed Bhalukpung, uh, which is basically the border between Assam and Arunachal Pradesh, the landscape drastically changed from flatlands to curvaceous mountain roads. There, the air also started becoming cooler, the temperature dipped, and before I even realized, the sumo entered into a thick blanket of fog. The scary driving past the fog continued for nearly half an hour, and trust me, it was pretty scary. I held my heart in my mouth every time that driver took a turn. I was sort of relieved when the fog started clearing and we could see the roads and the landscape. Now the mountains are really unpredictable because sometimes it's really foggy, sometimes the roads can be bad and sometimes your vehicle also can get stuck for hours. So that is what exactly happened midway when we were almost about to reach Tawang. So one of the trucks got stuck in uh, the middle of the road because of the muddy and slushy condition. So it took nearly an hour to free the truck and uh, get the traffic moving. So by the time I reached Tawang, it was almost 7.30 p.m. and everything looked dead. So in these small towns, everything shuts down pretty fast. 
but luckily the sumo driver was kind enough to find me a homestay and make sure I was safe and had a roof over my head. I woke up next morning all refreshed and pumped up for the day. Now it was the month of May but being a high altitude town, Tawang was really cold. Thank God I carried warm clothes with me and I could layer myself up properly. After I woke up, I freshed up a bit and then I went outside. My host gave me a warm cup of coffee and she invited me uh, to her rooftop. Now the view from the roof was stunning. I could see the yellow roofs of the Tawang Monastery adding a contrast against the mountainous backdrop. Now the wind was really cold and just to keep myself warm, I held the coffee mug cup between my palms. Now we stood uh, in the roof for almost half an hour talking, knowing more about Tawang and um, basically the Monpa tribe of Arunachal Pradesh. Uh, the Monpa tribe dominates the Tawang area. As I walked down, I wanted to skip showering considering the cold, but the geezer in my room had other plans. So I quickly jumped in the shower, got ready and headed out first to grab a bowl of steaming hot thupka. Now for those who do not know what it is, thupka is basically a Tibetan dish. Precisely, it's soupy noodles, either with vegetables or meat, if you're non-vegetarian. Now the bowl was enough to fill my stomach and keep me warm. After I had the thupka, um, I walked towards the taxi stand and took a taxi to Tawang Monastery. You won't believe me when I say this, but I've been seeing pictures of Tawang Monastery since I was a child. And honestly, that time, Tawang felt like a far-fetched dream. I mean, when I was a kid, I thought Tawang is probably in some other planet and I will never be able to visit it. I never thought that there is also a road that, through which you can actually visit Tawang from Assam. And fast forward that day, when I was about to visit Tawang Monastery, I sat in the taxi, I rolled down the window pens and I dreamily stared outside. I did not have much of a plan, but I just wanted to start the day by visiting Tawang Monastery. The taxi guy, he played some old Hindi songs and it just created the best vibe. And in some time, I was right in front of the monastery gate and I was really happy and excited because it has been one of a bucket list place for a very long time. Now the entrance gate, it was colorful with mandalas and murals drawn on it and there were these flags that were fluttering around. As I made my way inside the main uh, entrance, the prayer flags, they fluttered against the wind and it was so peaceful. It was like therapy to soul. The Wang Monastery is the largest monastery in India and it is the second largest monastery in the world. The yellow roof of the monastery is symbolic and you would find it in most of the pictures when you google it. Now the main temple in the monastery is called as Dukhang. As I entered the main temple, I was stunned for a while with the vibrant interiors. I, the walls were so beautifully painted and everything around was colourful and stunning and vivid. The humming sound was soothing and it was so peaceful. As I walked around the temple, I admired the murals and the thangkas. The thangkas are typical Buddhist-style paintings of saints and divine power. I walked around the temple, looked at the pictures, looked at the paintings, and after a while, I stood in front of the 18 feet tall golden Buddha statue, which is the main attraction of the temple. The main building is a three-storied building, which has a large assembly hall. 
and it also has space or classrooms where the classes are conducted for the monks. The monastery also has 65 residential quarters where the monks stay. There's a center for Buddhist cultural studies as well. The monastery is really huge and it's spread across a large area and you can easily spend three to four hours or even more depending on your interest. So I sat inside the main temple for almost 45 hours doing absolutely nothing and just enjoying the peace. After that, I walked around the main building. I saw these monks coming out of their classes and um, it was really a happy place to be. There are these Buddhist style rotating bells everywhere and the fluttering colorful Buddhist flags. The high rise mountains in the backdrop, it makes everything even more beautiful. Now after about uh, four hours in the monastery compound, I walked out and went to a nearby restaurant. And I was a bit hungry at that time and a plate of momos and coffee was what I needed at that time. I decided to walk around a little and get back to my homestay on foot. So here's the thing, when I travel to a new place, I usually walk around a lot so that I get to know that place more. And with the pristine weather in Tawang, I knew it would be the most beautiful walk watching the mountains and the clouds. Without a second thought, I started walking and I was totally enjoying my walk until the rain got set different plans. I was almost about to reach my homestay when it started pouring heavily. Now, I did not have an umbrella, I did not have a raincoat and the only option was to sit somewhere and wait for the rain to slow down. I spotted, fortunately, I spotted this beautiful cafe called as Dharma Buddha Cafe and I decided to wait till the rain slows down. It was a beautiful and warm cafe with this typical wooden architecture and it had large glass window panes. I was lucky enough to get a seat near one of the windows and I ordered a huge mug of coffee and I relished it while looking at the mountains. After nearly an hour, the rain stopped and I continued walking towards the homestay. It was a soothing walk watching the nature unfold beautifully. And um, once I reached the homestay, I had an early dinner and I went off to sleep. Next morning, I woke up at around 5 a.m. and I got ready. Actually, I pre-booked a cab last evening to visit Bumla Pass and Sangetsar Lake. Now, if you want to visit Bumla Pass, you need to have a permission. So, if you book a cab, the taxi guy is going to get the permission on your behalf the day prior. And um, I think the day charge for the taxi was around 4500 4500 It was back in 2016. Um, sorry, 2017. So, probably now the price have definitely increased. Uh, so, Bumla Pass is only 37 kilometers from Tawang, but uh, it takes around 3 to 4 hours because of the bad road conditions. The pass is located at 16,000 feet of altitude, which means you need to wear warm clothes, binis, mufflers, and properly layer yourself up. Now, Bumla Pass is a mountain pass that lies along the Indian-China border. To be precise, it's between Kona County of China-controlled Tibet and Tawang. As beautiful and serene the journey to Bumla Pass was across the rough mountain terrains with uh, hints of snow here and there, there was a sense of melancholy. The faraway mountain once belonged to Tibet, but now it is controlled by China. The free Tibet sign stood silently amidst the fluttering flags and it was not a really happy sight. So Bumla Pass has a lot of historic significance. It was through Bumla Pass uh, that China invaded India in 1962 
Indian War. Even before the war, it was used as a trading pass. During the winters, the road is covered with heavy snow and it sort of makes the place inaccessible. Now, the pass also has a very important significance because it is referred to as a pass which was used by the 14 Dalai Lama to escape Tibet during the Chinese attack. So, it took nearly three hours to reach Bumla Pass, basically the India-China border. As I jumped out of the car, I realized I was one of the first visitors for the day. And it felt like heaven because, you know, when you do not have a lot of tourists around, it, you can explore a place better. It felt like I had the snow-capped mountains all to myself. A big respect for the army who actually sacrificed their comfort to safeguard the country. This area was heavily under army surveillance because of the India-China border. Now there was a barricade where one side was India and the other side was China. And as I walked close to the barricade, I had a chance to speak to a couple of on-duty army men. Now there is a guard cabin near the barricade where there is always one person monitoring the area through binoculars. And he is not supposed to leave the place no matter what until the next person on duty comes. So you should know one thing about Bumla Pass is that it's a restricted area. Uh, so you cannot move around freely. So there's heavy army surveillance around that place since it's uh, located around the border. So this is a small area where you can move around. Uh, so after having a conversation here and there, I started uh, my journey towards the next destination. So it was Sangetsar Lake. So this is also known as Madhuri Lake popularly. That was named after Indian uh, actress Madhuri Dixit. So there was a dance uh, scene or song from the 90s movie Koila that was shot around the vicinity of the lake. And post that, the name of the lake was given Madhuri Lake. Now Sangetsar Lake, it looked like a place straight out of fairy tale. And uh, honestly, I really don't have words at this moment to describe uh, the beauty of the place. But you definitely need to go there and see that place for yourself. Um, and you know, to feel that uh, uh, vibe of the place. So this lake is sandwiched between mountains and you see that dead trees standing upright across the lake. So uh, basically, there are there's a stem of the trees without any leaves or branches growing from the lake. So to add to the fairy tale, there's a wooden cabin which is apparently a forest guard house which adds to the dreamy look of the place. Now after a long drive through the rickety roads, I reached Tawang by evening. So my driver was kind enough to stop at some places midway so that I could take some pictures. We even stopped midway at a lake called Nagula Lake. It was not that pretty but uh, yeah, still it was good. By the time I reached Tawang, it was almost 4 p.m. and it was almost foggy and cold. And um, once I reached my homestay, I had some food and then the same evening I visited the local market to pick some souvenirs. So what I love about these Buddhist souvenirs is they are very vibrant and colorful and um, they look really pretty when you decorate them at a place. Next day was my last day in Tawang and I wanted to make it count. When I visited Tawang Monastery on my first day, I was pretty intrigued by what lies on the other side of the mountain. Actually, it was sort of foggy and misty and when I stood on the edge of the rock, well, before you assume, it had railings and so it was completely safe. 
so i saw this cable car giddily sliding down to the opposite mountain um beyond a certain point i couldn't see anything because the cable car sort of disappeared in the fog but uh, i had really no idea where this cable car was going and i did not even know that actually there's a ropeway that connects uh, dawang monastery to the other mountain on the opposite side so uh, while snooping around i asked around uh, i asked the cable operating guy uh, who told me that there is a nunnery on the opposite side and uh, so right opposite to dawang monastery there lies a nunnery which is pristine sort of untouched and at that point all i wanted was to find a way to reach there so the cable guy he told me that uh, the cable car guy he told me that the cable car operates from 9 am to 2 pm only during the weekdays and if i'm lucky to get a seat i can reach there to the nunnery and then and there i decided i would reach as early as possible on my third day um during my tawang visit and i definitely have to visit that nunnery So on my third day I woke up pretty pumped and I was very excited and I quickly got ready I grabbed a bite and I left for Tawang Monastery because obviously I wanted to visit the nunnery and I couldn't for the world miss that cable car ride So um as soon as I reached there the guy told me that there are some officials who are visiting and unfortunately the cable car is not free I was very disappointed in the beginning and uh, my excitement also sort sort of started fizzling down but then i knew one thing that uh, no matter what i am not leaving tawang without visiting that nunnery and uh, after a while i figured out that there obviously has to be some other route or way to reach the nunnery i mean the nuns who live um, in the nunnery they cannot live in the mountains forever they definitely got to come down purchase their things and supplies and again walk back to their home um and uh, no way they would be using that cable car for coming down the mountain so i asked here and there and finally i figured out that there are these stairs next to the monastery that i need to follow and take the route and i will eventually somehow end up reaching my destination that is the nunnery after 2 to 3 hours of climb Now that was exciting and I knew that there is a hike coming ahead so I have to hike for 2 to 3 hours so I had to fill my tummy with some food so that you know I have enough energy to sustain the hike so I had some momos to stay energized after some time I started hiking up the stairs and uh, I took the road and for the first time in the day I was not disappointed anymore that I couldn't get a seat in the cable car Well, the hiking route was spectacularly beautiful with a stream flowing through the middle of the forest. The clear water of the stream made the boulders and even the small pebbles in the stream visible. Now, there was a small and really cute wooden bridge that was built over the stream so that people can cross it. And while I was hiking, there was not a single soul except me. Now, the forest bloomed with colorful flowers and trees and uh, leaves of every shade. like not every shade but like you know the basic autumn shades um although it was not autumn it sure looked like a dreamland and um while i was walking towards or hiking towards the nunnery as i was crossing the uh, bridge i sat on one of the boulders for nearly half an hour um enjoying the solitude 
I really cannot describe how peaceful and uh, wonderful it was and after some time I started um slowly hiking my way up and I reached Nanuri after half after an hour It took me around 2 to 3 hours to reach Nanuri and uh, to my surprise as soon as i reached there i received such a warm welcome so basically the nuns are not used to so much of tourists or visitors and they had a tourist after a long time so as soon as i reached there there was an elderly nun who offered me some butter tea and biscuits and with the climatic conditions it was really cold it was windy and i was sort of shivering that hot butter tea was such a escape so i sat near the fireplace in the kitchen and i spoke to the nun and uh, they told me basically about their routine and uh, you know uh, about the nunnery and after some time there was this younger nun who was probably around 13 to 14 years she walked into the kitchen and she greeted me with a smile uh, she even showed me around her cheeks were apple red because of the high altitude and cold so as we walked around she also told me about their routine the harsh weather especially in uh, winters it's really difficult for them their food habits and uh, you know what they read what they do and all the ritual stuff like you know the routine stuff in the nunnery and she told me that during the winter, summers they wake up at around 4 a.m. have morning prayers then have some buddhist classes and then they go to bed early as well but in winters they wake up a little late around 7 a.m. So we continued walking around the nunnery for a while and uh, she told me about things and uh, about the nunnery and different um, rituals and everything that they do in the nunnery. So while walking around I saw a couple of yak herders in the distance. So I could also see their tiny huts on the rolling hills and this sort of made me curious. I asked the nun about them and she told me that these people they they are nomadic people who belong to Brokpai tribe and they are involved in yak herding. So she asked me if I wanted to join her and a couple of other nuns while they go to the forest a little downhill to collect some logwoods. And uh, she also told me that on the way I can meet these yak herders uh, and uh, you know get to know them. And I gladly joined. Um so we went down and while on the way i met these people and their small huts they smelled of yak cheese and the bells around the yak they ringed as they moved the nuns they collected some logwoods that were really really heavy and uh, honestly by no means i could carry them all the way up to the nunnery so the young nun she told me that they collect the firewood for cooking and they regularly kind of stock it up for surviving the winters I mean seriously life in the high altitude mountains it might sound fancy it looks beautiful but it's really difficult and the snow especially it makes it even more difficult now after coming back from the nearby forest the nuns they dropped a heavy bundle of firewood on the porch and before i bid them goodbye and left we shared a last cup of buttermilk tea now it took me less time to make all the way down to the wang town So as soon as I reached down I got a taxi and I went to my homestay and I rested for a while. So at around 4:30 in the evening I visited the Buddha statue that was located central or in the heart of the town. So it basically offers a panoramic view of the town. So I spent my evening sitting on a bench near the Buddha statue and enjoying the view. I mean the next morning I was all set to leave Tawang and in these last moments 
I just wanted to soak in as much peace and beautiful vibe of Tawang as much as I could. So let's talk about a little bit on the transportation part. Now, if you want to travel in budget and in public transport like I did, here's what you need to do. So the first thing is you need to uh, reach Tejpur. So that is basically um, the first base. Uh, so there are dozens of affordable and budget hotels in Tejpur where you can crash at night. And there are plenty of buses and cabs that fly regularly between Guwahati to Tejpur. So from Tejpur, uh, you can board a shared sumo to Tawang next morning and be ready to chicken out with 13 to 14 hours of flight in a full pack sumo. Now the roads are pretty unpredictable. The fog can be scary at times. Trust me when I say this. The shared sumo leaves from Tejpur to Tawang early morning at around 5 to 5.30 a.m. So if you want to uh, reach uh, Tawang from Tejpur, Make sure that uh, you book a seat in the sumo a day earlier because last minute early morning seats are mostly not available. So back in 2017, the cost of shared sumo for one passenger was around 750 rupees. But perhaps uh, looking at the time difference and you know time frame now, it might have increased. However, I understand that a lot of people might not be comfortable with such a long and tiresome journey. And it really is tough to be seated for so long in a packed sumo and that too on those kind of roads. So um, the best option is to break the journey and take a halt at Dirang or Bamdila. So I recommend Dirang because it's it's pristine and it's really beautiful and uh, you know you can just chill in Dirang. So I've written a com- uh, comprehensive blog on Tawang and Dirang both uh, and I've included all the best places you can visit as well as transportation. So do check my website www.unconventionalandvivid.com for more details. I will link the website uh, below in the notes. Okay, now coming to the accommodation part, uh, there are plenty of homestays and hotels in Tawang which is available in all budgets. Um, Unfortunately, I couldn't remember the name of the homestay I stayed. It was a really good homestay and uh, you know, everything was really in close proximity. The hosts were really good, but unfortunately, you know, I'm really sorry. I cannot remember the name. Uh, but there is plenty of homestays and, you know, that uh, would not be a problem once you reach Tawang. So my recommendation would be that uh, look for a homestay uh, or an accommodation once you reach Tawang. And uh, for those who are not comfortable traveling on their own, there are many package tours. So you can join them and, you know, visit Tawang. Tawang was spectacular, it was incredible, it was phenomenal and I think um, the warmth of the people and the hospitality of the people had such an impact on me. Someday I shall be there soon sipping butter tea and hogging on steaming hot topka again. On that note, this brings me to the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for staying with me through my podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. If you did, make sure to share and listen with your friends and family. And I will drop in another podcast episode very soon with a new destination from Northeast India. Until then, stay safe and stay strong. Goodbye.